Dolor. Pain. Noun. Physical suffering or discomfort caused by illness or injury. Verb. Cause mental or physical pain too. Pain is an interesting thing. It can come from something physical, a cut from a knife fight, or a burn from running through the fire that's burning down your entire village, or a gunshot that pierces through flesh and bone, leaving something hollow. But pain can also come from something you cannot see or touch or smell. Heartbreak, grief, the pain you cannot touch always seems to heal slower. No amount of medicine or bandages will heal a broken heart, and the pain you cannot see, there is always a scar left behind. Our countries had so many scars we couldn't repair. On top of that, those scars gave birth to even uglier things. Gangs wreaked havoc on their own people. Drug lords used their power to take complete control and destroyed the last bit of government we had left. By the time the Supreme Leader came along, we were already broken as a people. It wasn't hard for him to buy out the cartel. He gave them money and fancy titles and left them to do as they pleased. Soon it was normal for every soldier of the cartel to have medals that never really meant anything. I watched from America far too long. Americans didn't want us, and our country's in shambles. So I did what I do best. I was a smuggler, the best there was. I raided the drug lord's houses for the supplies they kept from the people. Food, water, medicine, clothes, anything I could carry, I would give back to the people. It wasn't long until my name was known. I had a following, my own people who would fight for me. With help, I was able to smuggle people too. Enemies of the Republic could be made safe with my new crew. But I made sure to recruit only the best. We had one purpose, to free our countries from these putos. After the bounty on my head was released to the public, we knew that it would only take one tonto to get desperate to fuck us over. We needed someplace secure, someplace truly hidden from the rest of the world. We got lucky. My father knew the perfect spot. Before I was born, our countries were riddled with civil war. Governments wanting to continue their corruptions, fought against drug lords who wanted power and money, who fought against rebels who just wanted to protect their families. The wars were endless and bloody. My father was one of the rebels. I guess you could say rebellion runs in the family. He and his group also had to stay hidden within the jungle. There was a camp hidden by the brush and disguised by a nearby village. His rebel group stayed there for most of the war. He did more than keep his family and people safe. He preserved our history in tattoos. Permanent reminders of stories that deserve to be remembered. You were never forgotten if my father tattooed your story. This old camp became home for us. Las Espinas is what we called ourselves. Thorns in the side of the Republic. 
and all those who would trespass against us. Our camp was more than just a hideout. It was La Tierra Prometida. We had doctors, teachers, priests, entire families. They would come to us for asylum from the Republic Guard. We would always take our people in, but we were still careful. Our spies always gave us new intel on any newcomers they knew to be ratas. There was no shady business I didn't know about when it came to my people. It was through the refugees that we learned of the missing children. The mothers claimed that their sons and daughters were taken in the night by the Kukui, so I sent my spies to investigate. At first I thought it was just a way for families to deal with their grief. Your child being stolen in the night was a lot easier to accept than your child being murdered. But our spies returned and found out that the Republic Guard was using our people's superstition for a sick gain. Our children were being stolen to be groomed for something bigger. So we started looking for them. Usually, Marco, my bodyguard and cousin, and few other of the best people were with me as we tracked for them. Then one day, we came back to the village to find fire. Everything we were trying to build, everyone we were trying to save, now, for the first time in years, I am alone. Here, on this mountain. Danger could be behind any of these trees, and all I have is a gun and a knife. I'm not stupid enough to use the gun. One shot will give away my location. But there has been one comfort in my week-long search. La Estrella del Norte the northern star, always bright and present and sending me in the right direction. The footprints I'm tracking come and go, but the star is always there. I have never had so much trouble tracking someone before. His footprints keep disappearing like Harrison decided to travel from treetop to treetop instead of fucking walking. I stop and kneel down pushing away some crushed leaves to reveal a footprint. Harrison. And it's still fresh. Perfect. Maybe he will make it easy this time and stay on the ground long enough for me to find him. But things with Harrison are never easy. When I first met Harrison, I stabbed him in the hand for laughing at my name and calling me Pink Cheese. My sister, Linda, she tried to warn him, but Harrison was too thick-skulled to hear her. If it wasn't for my sister, I would have thrown him out. But Linda was right. He was just a child, looking for something. A purpose, maybe? No one knew but Linda. They had a bond that no one could understand. Best friends till the bitter end. Ay, mierda! A twig snags my hair and I have to stop to untangle it. Damn trees! Wait. 
There's a small piece of cloth hanging from a branch nearby. I quickly grab at it. Yes, a piece from Harrison's shirt. Of course, of course! Harrison and Linda would do this all the time. Leave a trail of breadcrumbs made out of string or rope so they could find each other in the jungle. Linda got sick of having to track Harrison down every time he got himself lost. I walk a bit further, following his footsteps, and my heart leaps with joy when I find another piece of his shirt. I've got him now. After a week of nothing, I finally have a solid trail that won't fail me. This shouldn't have taken so long. God damn it, Harrison. Why can't you ever follow the damn plan? One job. Get your fucking girlfriend and get to the safe house. That's it! I follow them until I finally find him. He's hiding behind the trunk of a dead tree that had fallen. His eyes are locked on something in the mist. But there is nothing there. Holy shit, but fiend Harry! He jumps and looks at me with the most terrified look. I've never seen him look so scared before. Rosa, did you see her? See who? I crouch down next to him and look him over. He looks fucking awful, but there's no blood. The ghost in the woods. She's following me. I I think she's going to kill me. Harry, what the fuck are you talking about? She's right behind me. She's always right behind me. He must be in shock. God, what the hell happened to you, Harry? And the wolf ate the little girl in the forest. <laughs> okay. Harrison, you aren't making any sense. Let's get you... I go to help him up, but he pushes me away. Hard enough that I stumble back. He scrambles backwards and away from me. Don't touch me! All right. All right. I raise my hands up in surrender. He's looking at me, but it's like he's seeing right through me. His eyes wide and wild. I wrote a letter to my love, and on the way, I dropped it. I think for a moment. This isn't the first time this has happened with Harrison. But never this bad. I never knew what to do. But Linda... She always knew exactly what to say. She always knew how to bring him back. But she isn't here. All I can do is what I did for her when she felt like the world was just too large. I grab his face and make him look at me. Harry, focus on me. Give me your hand. After a moment, he does, and I gently take it, put it against my chest and over my heart. Feel my heartbeat. Focus on it. I start to stroke his hair, like I did with hers. For a moment, it's like he finally sees me. I start to hum. The lullaby my parents would sing to my sister. The lullaby I sang. Rosa? I smile as I see his eyes clear up. For a second, I could have sworn Linda was looking back at me.
the same eyes. Hello there, Conejito. Let's get you to Giselle. He tackles me to the ground and wraps his hands around my throat. His eyes are dark, and he doesn't see me at all. The little boy. He picked it up and put it in his pocket. I struggle underneath him as his hands tighten more and more around my windpipe. Fuck this! I can't reach my gun. I feel the knife digging into my hip. I pull it out of its holster and swipe it right across Harrison's cheek. He releases me and falls to his side, holding a hand to his wound. All I want to do is take gasp after gasp of sweet air, but at first all I can do is cough. I don't have time for this. I quickly get to my feet and run, shoving the knife back into its holster. Fuck this. I am not playing this Blair Witch Project shit with you, Harry. Fuck no. I run as fast as I can. Harrison is shouting behind me, but his voice fades, and all I can hear is my heart pounding in my ears. I don't know where I'm going. All I can do is run. I run until I smack into someone. I almost end up flat on my back, but we grab onto each other to steady ourselves. I look up, and... Menardo? I quickly push him away and grab the gun in my waistband, pointing it right at his head. He puts his hands up and slowly kneels while bringing a fist to his chest. This fucker is actually saluting me like he's one of us? Mirena. I should shoot you now. He stands and smirks. Damn that smirk. You won't. You can't. Because I know things you need. I glare at him and click the safety off. You better get talking then. <laughs> you always were eager to just get to the point. You never had a flair for subtlety, but then foreplay was never really our thing, was it? He takes a step towards me, and I know I should shoot him now. Fuck the consequences. How about a, how are you doing, Monardo? He takes another step. Slow, and careful, and arrogant. Or a, glad you're alive and well? Another step. Why haven't I shot him yet? Or, I'm happy to see you, Miraton. He pushes the gun away and pulls me into a kiss. For a second, it's like we are back in Namaka. Up in the tree, South America's wind rocking us back, and... Oh, fuck that! I quickly knee him in the groin and grab his wrist. I twist until his arm is behind his back, and he's on his knees. My gun is pressed to the back of his head before he can make a sound. Do not fuck with me right now, Minardo. Talk! You call me Billingsley, you bitch! I wait a moment. Just a moment. Then I twist his arm so far I can hear the pop of his shoulder dislocating. Talk! Nova has a secret headquarters. She calls it the Interchange. That's where she makes all of her most important communications and plans. Interchange? Fucking gringos. I feel like they just make up words, and if they sound cool, they just go with it. Where is it? I don't know. You're lying. No. I shouldn't even know about it. I overheard her talking to her second-in-command. No one knows where it is. I let him go, and he cradles his arm. Fuck! I think you fucking dislocated it. Ay, pobrecito. Should I cut it off instead? 
That shut him up real quick. I take a deep breath. Well, it's something. Maybe Captain Alexander knows who can give us a location. He gets up and brushes himself off, turning to a tree so he can force his shoulder back in its socket. For the first time, I notice what he's wearing. A blue jacket. Blue. Take off the jacket. He looks at me confused. I don't have time for this anymore. I said, take it off! You don't need to make it an order to get me out of my clothes, Mirena. He takes it off and throws it at my feet. Your turn. That fucking smirk again. I should kill him right now. I should. But I won't. What I can do, however, is make sure he gets the fucking point. I fix my eyes on his and slowly walk forward, being as sultry as my disgust will allow. Miraton, give me your arm. I don't give him the chance to comply. I pull out my knife with one hand and grab his arm with the other. In one swift motion, I slice through his rose tattoo. He cries out in pain. What the fuck is wrong with you? Now everyone will know you are no longer part of Las Espinas. The only reason why you are walking away with your life is because despite all the other destruction you caused, you saved those who made it to the trees. A sternness comes over his face as he holds his wound. He almost looks like the man I trusted. The man who seems so willing to help me make the world right. Rosa. About Linda. Don't you dare. Now let me make myself clear. If I ever see your face again, I will not hesitate to kill you. Mirena. You no longer call me that. I am Rosa Queso to you from now on. Now get out of my sight. He hesitates. And then the smirk is back. And the man I knew as Minardo is gone entirely. You know, it really amazed me how easy it was to make you think that I was actually falling for you. You should have listened to your sister. Linda was never wrong about a person. You fucker! I lunge for him, but this time he dodges, and I fall to the ground. He laughs and does an overdramatic bow. Good riddance, Miss Queso. With a sickening smile and a blown kiss, he runs out of sight into the woods. My blood is boiling. My fingers dig into the dirt underneath, but it feels like sand. I close my eyes. No, no, not now. I open my eyes and I am back on the riverbank. My legs fail and I fall against the tree next to me. I close my eyes as hard as I can. Every emotion I've swallowed down threatens to come back up. I grab the jacket and hold it to my chest. Reynas, don't have the luxury to love Rosa. That's what Linda said to me. I didn't listen to her. 
I should have listened to her. I take a deep breath. Focus, Rosa. Focus. I'm not at the river. I'm in the forest. When I open my eyes, I'll be in the forest. I'll be in the forest and I'll start making my way back to the safe house. I open my eyes and I see trees. The North Star in battle with the sun. Don't burn out, mi pequeña estrellita. Lead me back to the beginning. I thought the sun rose only an hour ago, but it's dark. Everything's dark, like the sun just went out, and it's quiet. It's never quiet, especially when I'm around. And she's gone. And who's to blame for that? Me. A prickly feeling made its way to the back of my neck. It started as just a chill, but now it's constant. It crawls up and down my skin like spiders. I shiver as the breeze creeps down the back of my shirt. Someone's here. I'm not alone in these woods. That's super cool. Run, run, run as fast as you can. Roops, but I... You're... You're dead. Aren't you? But the wolf had to eat. They... They... They made me do it. I strain my eyes to look through the trees in the dark, but there's nothing. There's just black. A fog started forming between the trees. You know, if there were a soundtrack to my life, this is where the shrill violins would start playing. The crawling has gotten more intense. I want to just rip my skin off to make it stop. Come back to me, Harrison. Go away. I love you. No, 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 no. This can't be happening. This can't be happening. Shut it out, Harrison. Shut it out. Where are you going, Harrison? Why are you leaving? I have to get out of these woods. I have to. It's... It's not safe here. Who would have thought there would be demons hiding in the shadows? Harrison? It's so cold. Where are you? It's not real. You're not real. She's gone. Harrison! I jump. She's right behind me. I can feel her on the back of my neck. My hands begin to shake as I see a hint of red in the trees out of the corner of my eye. Do I dare turn around? Do do I even want to see what's behind me? At this point, do I become the dumbass in the horror movie that turns around? Or the methodical thinker that runs for their fucking life? Methodical thinker. Good choice. I run. Hard and fast. But in an instant, the red is in front of me. Mama Duck said, quack, quack, quack. But only one little fuck came back. I shut my eyes and turn and haul ass away from the voice. The 
phantom, the thing that isn't Ruby, running in the dark. Why is it always dark? Where the hell is the sun? Fuck, it's in front of me again. She... She's everywhere. How? Oh, get out of my head! I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. They made me do it, Rubes. I didn't mean it. Please. Please just leave me alone. Look at me, Harrison. No, no. No, I can't. Don't make me. Don't make me. Look at me. I turn. And no, I shouldn't. But I do. Jesus, I wish I hadn't. There she is, standing in the distance. Far enough that I can't reach her, but close enough that I can see everything. All of her. Her clothes are in tatters. Dirty, like she's been running through the woods for days. Parts of her skin are missing. And all that shows through are strips of muscle and the gleam of exposed bone. I reluctantly bring my eyes up to her face. Her hood is up. Full of holes and tears. Cast a shadow over her eyes, but they glow a brilliant yellow like they're made of fire. They bore into me, and I feel like my skin is gonna burn off my body. And then she smiles. The most horrific grin I have ever fucking seen. The corners of her mouth don't seem to end, they just they, they just keep going up. They almost reach her eyes. She opens her mouth, just just slightly, and a waterfall of blood pours down her chin and chest. I feel like I'm in a vomit. I rip my eyes away from her, but a blinding light brings me back. There. Right there. Where you shot her. Where I shot her. The sun, shining brilliantly from her heart, bringing light to the exact place I took it away from her. It dazzles the forest for a split second, casting rainbows off the dewdrops on the leaves, and then in an instant, it's gone. She's gone. I feel tears welling up in my eyes. A slight breeze brushes my ear. You better run, kid. Hi, my name is Katie Rock, creator of the Coup de Gras podcast, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Season 2, Episode 5, La Estrella del Norte. The cast for this episode is as follows. Rosa Queso, played by Raquel Martinez. Harrison Moore, played by Evan Torres. Billingsley, played by Seth Funk. Ruby Williams, played by Katie Rock. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Coup de Gras. Be sure to follow our Facebook page for updates, photos, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Everyone here at Coup de Gras would like to thank our listeners for your continued support. If you are interested in contributing to the world of CDG, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash coup de gras podcast. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay boisterous. <laughs>